I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, December 3, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Obviously, we have stuff to discuss today. We've got stuff looking around the horn at a variety of different charts. It's interesting where the market opened. We discussed 310 yesterday. However, the market gapped below 310, so that has some significance. We talk about that all the time. And here's the deal. I'm jumping right in. What we discuss is when a market has trouble trading through an area, sometimes it chooses to gap above or below said area. It's not that the market had trouble trading through 310. It wasn't there yet, but it gapped over it anyway. So that being the case, the next scenario is you look lower. Where do you look? Yesterday, we talked about that 309 and change up to 310 area. We finished right smack in the middle, 309 and a half. That's really not a surprise, all things considered. And we'll get to those things in a moment. But the one thing that I want to point out so everybody really understands why we use a variety of different charts. You never know exactly which chart is, for lack of a better term, in play. Case in point. Here's the weekly chart. Let's get rid of 310. We don't need it anymore. However, in a way, we do need it for later. Think about it for a moment. 310 slash 3100 in the ES contract. Those numbers are important. We're likely to see the market back at those numbers sooner than later. Whether or not they shoot through them, whether or not they get rejected, that's a different story. We'll discuss some of that stuff later on, but they are important numbers regardless. But that's not what we're focusing on with the weekly chart. What we are focusing on is the most previous breakup candle. And the low of that breakup candle is 307.27. We put an identifier on the chart, and just for kicks, let's go back to the daily chart and take a look. By golly, look what we have. Now, at the time, at the moment, you don't know that's the reason the market found low. However, looking back, playing Monday morning quarterback for a second, we see that at least from where I sit, That has to be a big reason. On the daily chart, can we consider this a breakout area? Yes, we can. These aren't necessarily to the penny. They're general zones. Another breakout area was where the market gapped up from, and the date is the 14th of November. So from the 14th to the 15th, the market gapped up. So guess what? That represents a breakout area. It also represents a gap. We filled that gap. We knew about that at the time. It's just the point of the fact that's a breakout area. Well, guess what? That breakout area was already tested. Look what happened on the way down. They didn't even stop short. Now, you don't know that's going to happen in advance, but the next area where you can see the market consolidated, it ate time off the clock. This is also called chart vibration. The point here is it's not magic, it's more visual than anything else, and then we look to other charts to get much more specific. And we've talked about that low and the weekly chart before. That's not the first time you've seen that. Let's toss the ball around the horn a little bit. 
take a little bit of a detour, talk about psychology for a moment. It's normal garden variety trader behavior to be thinking in terms that what's going to happen next is the same as what just happened immediately before. That's why we think the market's going to keep going up or keep going down. Case in point, here's a 10-minute chart. Today, the market gaps down and immediately starts trading lower. It looks like it's falling out of bed. Maybe the trap door opened. That's the thought process on most traders' minds. Let's say you're not most traders. Let's say that you've already identified that breakup candle low from the weekly chart as a possible area of support. So you might already have a trend line on the chart. So not that you're going to buy that number right out of the chute. You could. That's an aggressive move. But here's the reason why you wouldn't. That number represents a weekly number. It's Tuesday. Intra week, anything can happen. We can also close the week below that number. So just because price got there, and we know that the first visit is usually the best trade, but on a weekly chart, specifically when the market is gapping down in the morning, we can certainly spike through it. Now, inside the numbers, members had other stuff going on. We had numbers. We also were looking for a mid-morning pivot. We'll get to that later. But here's the thing, and this is right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. On this chart, you have one of those signs or signals of a trend change. Therefore, traders had something to trade against if they so chose to do so. Here's a 15-minute chart. It looks different, same result. By the way, back to the psychology thing, I never really finished that thought. On one hand, it looks like the market's falling out of bed. But if, in fact, you have in your mind that there is a specific area that under normal garden variety market conditions should provide some support at minimum of temporary support, and then all of a sudden you see it take place, what do you have? You have a different mindset. All of a sudden, you start believing in all the stuff that's taught in the course. How do you like them apples? Here's a short hop. A lot of traders need a tour guide or want a tour guide for the day, throughout the day. That's one of the things that Inside the Numbers provides. Provides pre-market morning commentary, commentary throughout the day, in addition to trade opportunities that are posted before the opening bell even rings. What I'm going to do is quickly scroll around and let you read through the notes, all the commentary for the day. And then we'll take a look at something pretty cool. So just scrolling up a little bit, we'll finish out the morning notes. We'll get to stocks on the move in a moment. Let me go backwards and you can see what happened as the morning began to unfold. What you can do is pause the video whenever you like and just read through the notes. What I'll do is put them on the screen long enough so you can read them at your leisure. As you can see, you're getting a variety of different updates as necessary as the day goes on. If it's a real slow day, the updates don't come as often. If the market is active, they do come more often. When the market moves, we're there to spot it. We're there to identify it. We're there to try and get the earliest handle on where the heck it's going. Not only the intraday commentary, but here's what else happens throughout the day with Inside the Numbers. 
I'm looking around the horn. I'm looking at a variety of markets. I'm looking at a variety of different charts. So what you'll see happen is I'm pointing out a number of things. Things that are happening on a variety of different charts you may or may not be looking at. And also things I'm noticing that is prime for a learning opportunity. There are a lot of things that I notice throughout the day that become secondary to me only through the large swath of time that I've been doing this. These things are nuances to me. These things can be gold to you. Some of these things are found inside the numbers every single day. Two of those things were found inside the numbers already this week. The traders that want it the most write everything down for themselves. They watch it. They double check it. And then they come up with their own stuff, sometimes better than mine. Let's talk about what happens next. Let's get back in our lane over here, get the ball back to the pitcher. You see what's going on here? It's pretty clear. You have an assemblance of moving averages. You have a gap. Price was heading there toward the end of the day. Price finished strong or the market finished strong near the highs of the day. That's generally a bullish sign. There will be overhead resistance if price can get up into that, let's just call it 312 neighborhood. However, just so we're clear, flipping back to the daily chart, once we get up there, assuming for a moment price does get up there, if in fact all they did for the time being was come back to check in at a what? A former breakout area. That looks to be the case at present. Now let's say they do get up into that 312 area. There will be overhead resistance up there. That was a big down day. They're not going to just take that back, walk right through everything like it wasn't even there. Let me throw something else out. Can 315.04 be the high? We're going to wait a little while to make that determination. Let me explain my theory on that one. For now, we're going to use 307.27 as the bogey. As long as we remain closing above that number on a weekly basis, there's technically nothing wrong with the market. And even if we close below that number, still as the charts go, there's really nothing technically wrong with the weekly chart either. However... That is my, and this is just from where I sit, that is my early warning sign if in fact we close a week below 307, let's just say. I think that's an early warning sign where we may be able to say 315 and change was a top. It's too early, getting out over the skis, but I did it for a specific reason. Let's stir up some controversy. Next up, Camp IWM. We've got the ball moving around the horn again. This one is very interesting. If you go back to the notes that you read or maybe didn't read yet, you'll notice we were talking about the IWM early on. I'm always watching this market for evidence. Why? Because it's my favorite market leading indicator. That's why. So look what happened. They came down to fill the gap, successfully did so. That happens to be a what? Right. A former breakout area. But then, what was very interesting was, they rally immediately back. And when I say immediately, you're looking at a daily chart, so same day is immediately. They rally back to close above what? The low of the breakup candle, 158.89, not even close. Until and unless they close back below that number, that's bullish, folks. 
So far, we got a couple of puzzle pieces on the table for the short-term stuff. We have the S&P in no man's land with a gap staring us in the face up above. We have interesting performance in the IWM, fill the gap, ricochet off the gap in rocket ride formation, closing above the breakup candle low. This is bullish, folks. I'll give you one even better. I just noticed this as I'm talking. Look at the high of day in the IWM, 160.12. Here's an hourly chart of the IWM. Where's the high of day? 159.76. Now, I realize that's not all that far away right now, but the point is the market wasn't there and the daily chart shows that it was there. So all I'm bringing up is shenanigans. By the way, here's a little short hop. We have to go back to the SPY. I want to talk about something that you did find in the notes if you read the notes. We were talking about, as the day developed, I was really talking about three specific charts. We'll start with the hourly chart, and you can see when the market drops and it begins to hover. It was going sideways for a while. That begins to form a what? A bear flag pattern. So we begin to identify it but it was too early, and I was looking at a couple of other charts as well. We were looking at the 120-minute chart, and at the time, price was hovering, so we could see that without signs of a low just yet from not necessarily a short-term time frame, but one of the mid-range time frames, it was inconclusive either way, but we search on, and we come to the 240-minute chart. It put in a tail candle, and as the market began to retrace that tail candle, and it didn't retrace a lot, it retraced a little, but we were discussing it, you can see what happened. As it began to get above the tail candle, that's when the market began to pick up speed. Here's the high of that tail candle. Look at this routine on a shorter time frame. They tried it once, had a small failure, tried it again. The second time, after not really failing, but just pulling back, they built some energy and were able to bust through. Now they're in no man's land, staring at the gap. That 240-minute chart today was important. You're not going to find that every day. You don't know which one you're going to find most important each and every day, but you have to find it. I'm not always telling you which one it is. I'm not always telling Inside the Numbers members which one it is. It's not always important which one it is, as long as I know which one it is. Back to Camp IWM. So we've got a couple of puzzle pieces. The stuff we just talked about with the SPY 240-minute chart, blah, 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 And then we have the activity in the IWM. This is bullish behavior. Now, doesn't have to be bullish behavior for new highs tomorrow or the next day. It's bullish behavior at the close today. That's what we need to know. Playing umpire, calling balls and strikes. And by the way, speaking of umpire calling balls and strikes, what happened today at the open? Do you think there were a lot of traders that hopped on the short side Buying up some puts, thinking they missed the boat, they better hop on board. You betcha. What's one of the ways the market goes higher? When those same traders realize they were wrong and they have to run for cover. A la a short squeeze. Now that accounts for some of the buying. It doesn't have to account for all of the buying. Remember, 
maybe all the market did was come down to check in at a former breakout area. That's totally possible, and the band plays on from here. The jury's still out. We don't know yet. How about the VIX? You buy the VIX when it gets below 12 in the 11s, whatever it is. As long as you have time on your side, it's not going to stay there for very long. It was over 18 today. By the way, finished near the lows. That's bullish for the stock market, bearish for the VIX. SPY has a gap up above. The VIX has a gap down below. How cute. Now we go over to my second favorite market leading indicator, which is also my first favorite canary in the coal mine, the transportation department. Pretty good thrashing for the transports today. Came down even lower than I thought they would. I specified around 10,550, give or take, in that neighborhood. Came down about 100 points more into those moving averages, which were what? The safety net along with the pivot we discussed from the 31st of October, making a low at 10,425. Today's low was 10,454 into the moving averages, but not quite to the pivot. But here's the thing. It closed below the similar breakup candle low setup that we saw in the IWM. Not the same day, not the same chart, but just the same concept. So here, the low is 10,738. So we've closed below it, but above these moving averages, is it bullish or bearish? Well, it's certainly not bullish. I want to default to the weekly chart, and you can see, once again, they're getting rejected at the same general zone that the market's been rejected or has fallen out of bed before. This is the one I'm referring to, right up here. Each and every time, it gets rejected. Here, they couldn't even get there. We got there, busted through, got pretty high, and now look where we are into these weekly moving averages. I think the weekly close this week is going to tell a tall tale. I don't mean a tall tale in the Pinocchio sense of the term. I just mean an important tale to tell. Anything different, anything relevant that we need to discuss in the queues? Not really. It did the same thing, came down a little lower in comparison to the SPY, but really did the same thing, finished strong near the highs of the day. Doesn't change the story. It supports the story of the bull case from the two puzzle pieces from the SPY and the IWM. These three are all in the same camp. How about the XLF? Want to see something neat? 29.37, low of day, 29.35. Didn't finish near the high of the day, and did outpace the SPY and other markets in terms of the loss in percentage terms. So that's of note. It's a puzzle piece, and it's on the table. All in all, using the 80-20 rule, this chart is very similar to the others, but using the 80-20 rule, I would say it's about 80% of the way there. SMH, the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, anything to discuss, anything relevant or new. It was outpacing everything else, similar to what we just discussed in the XLF. And what's interesting to me is a couple of things. These are nuanced, but a couple of things. So here's a breakup candle low. The low is 128.23. So we're well above that. We tested that. Looks like they came in to fill this gap here. However, they missed the gap with an opportunity to fill the gap. What's the gap? 127.86. The low of day, 127.92. 
with the opportunity to come down a few more pennies and choosing to go in the other direction, that's bullish behavior. That coupled with closing above the low of the breakup candle, to me, that's bullish behavior. So that goes in the IWM, SPY, QQQ camp. Short-term bullish, long-term, we'll tell you later. What changes that, by the way? If we have a gap down tomorrow below today's low, all bets are off on the north side and they're going down. We might as well have that discussion, so let's go back to the SPY and we'll use this as our tour guide. If they get below today's low, what's the next stop on the bus? Somewhere in the neighborhood of 304, 305. If it's a wipeout, they'll get to and maybe even spike through the 50-period moving average, look like they're heading to the big fat round number of 300, maybe get there, maybe don't. But those are things that you have to see in real time. That's for inside the numbers. And with that, I am going to pull the ripcord here for this evening, but before I do, I want to thank each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.